and mm-hmm. and when we talk about race relations um mm-hmm. that's the problem in it in it of itself there is no relations mm-hmm. uh, there, there's there's an issue there when there's when 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 we have a us and them mentality mm-hmm. does that make sense there's a there's an issue when there's a mentality of um when even when you just say hey black folk black folks and white folks you know um there there there's there's no opportunity to embrace the relationship embrace the the diversity of culture there's no opportunity to 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 really connect even even with a lot of the talks now it's still not promoting actual relationships like building in-depth actual relationships and yeah I, which is yeah that's that's where definitely we have to start right in order to make a change absolutely so listen Phil I'm going to take a brief break here okay um, and we're going to come back and continue our conversations on um, your perspective hello and thank you for joining us I am Melissa Roberts and this is Tea Time with Melissa I have a great guest with me tonight we are continuing our conversations on race relations and bridging the gap um, that gap that so seems so huge as the country is going through turmoil and and trials and tribulations but my take on it is i want the church to step up into the rightful place that we should be in in having the most necessary dialogue so tonight uh we are having or today i'm sorry we are having with us mr phil paris and phil is here to give us a different perspective phil how are you tonight i'm doing well how are you ma'am I am doing great. Thank you so much for allowing me this time just to kind of pick your brain a little bit and see um, what is your take on it? You know, I think it really stems from um, us having these conversations with people that we normally would not have the time or the space in our busy schedules to do so. But I think it's very important that we do that. So you tell us a little bit about your background, who you are, what you do, and then we'll jump right in. All right. Well, uh, first, I uh, just want to say I appreciate the opportunity to uh, to be a part of this. Um, as far as my background is concerned, I um, I, I right now have a uh, a bachelor's in psychology. Um, I have two masters, and I'm working on a doctorate. Uh, all all geared towards leadership and ministry. Um, I'm an ordained minister with the Assemblies of God. And um, I'm married to an amazing woman um, who is a chaplain in the Air Force, and I have mm-hmm. four kids. Um, so that's that's a little bit of family family information. Um, mm-hmm. As far as uh, if I'm going to look backwards, um, I was uh, I was born in uh, Buffalo, New York, um, in uh, in a time I guess where. Um, uh, it was called white flight was taking place um, Mm -hmm. where uh, my dad bought a house in a mixed community. um, And 
over time, now I don't remember this because I was I was real little, but I guess over time, um, white folks moved out and it was predominantly black at the time. Um, my dad was not moving. <laughs> my, my dad wasn't moving. Um, he actually uh, was, um, he, he, most of his ministry experience during that time was in, uh, was in black churches, whether it was uh, uh, missionary Baptist or mostly um, when I came along, it was the Church of God in Christ or Kojic. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so um, that's what I grew up um, as far as church experience goes, that's what I grew up under. Um, as far as making sure that um, I I look at my uh, my pedigree or my roots, um, mm-hmm. I I would say that um, I would I was born and raised Kojic. Um, so okay. a lot of the traditions, a lot of the values, a lot of the ideas that that were held there, I embraced those. Um, as well as uh, growing up in a predominantly black community. Um, now, I don't remember a whole lot when I was a kid, uh, when I was real little, except that, you know, I used to go out on the streets uh, and hang out. And I mean, nobody looked at my color. I didn't look at their color. Um, the first time I think race was even brought into it from when I was a kid was uh, when some there were these uh, young young boys that had a fire at their house and they came and stayed with us. And it was my, it was my first time really um, being around other white people in my neighborhood, but they stayed with us for a little bit. And, um, and it was interesting because uh, the one boy got mad at my friend Thaddeus and, and he said the N word. And it was mm-hmm. the first time I had heard it in a derogatory way, mm-hmm. um, which, which I heard it growing up. Like I heard it, you know, my one of my friends called his little brothers the N word. And it was OK. And we'll it, talk about that, too. You know what I'm saying? It we'll was get, we'll get a little bit. In right. The <laughs> but it was the first time that I'd heard it so derogatory that yeah. it made uh, it made me cringe. But it made my friend Thaddeus. It made him upset. And mm-hmm. um I think for me, that was the first time I'd ever really, um, really realized that there was some kind of an issue. Now, I was a okay. little kid then, but I think that's when it really, when I really saw any issue. Okay. And, and how old did you say you were? Probably about, man, it had to be, we were probably in first or second grade when they had that fire and they came and stayed with us. Yeah. Okay, so very, very young, your first yeah, right. um, experiences with, with um, being in the presence of someone who was obviously racist. Right. Now, again, I didn't, okay. I didn't, I didn't spend a whole lot of time um, during that time other than seeing, them at, seeing, seeing people at school, but I didn't spend a whole lot of time with white people at all. We were at mm-hmm. church constantly. We went to jurisdiction okay. meetings, district meetings. We went to, mm-hmm. I mean, and that mm-hmm. was, that was my family. That was where I was at. Okay. Okay. So, so as you were growing up and you, you had this first experience with hearing a racial slur, um, how did that make you feel? You touched on it a little bit, but how did it make you feel by being a bystander um, and hearing that racial slur 
the first thing that I, I do remember is wanting to say, I'm not, I'm not him. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not mm -hmm. with him. You know, he, he was in my car. I remember him yelling it out the back of the car, right? Um, we had one of those uh, station wagons where there's that back seat you know, that you could sit mm -hmm. facing right, the right, back. Right. Yeah. And yes, so, yes. And so I, I remember that. And I still, it's, it's still vague for me. Um, but I remember, mm -hmm. I remember it being um, very, a very strong thing for me um, as mm -hmm. far as, Thaddeus was my friend. These guys we knew, but they weren't. Mm -hmm. I I didn't feel as close to them. Yes, yes. And, yes. and and where Thaddeus was my friend, we we were very close. We 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 hung okay. out all the time. Okay. Did you and your friend ever have a conversation about that incident, or did it just come? Um, you know, I, I would have to say um, we didn't because I didn't know what to do mm -hmm. with it. I guess. Yes. Um, yes. Okay. I, I, I was little, but I, as I got, yeah. as I got older, um, things changed in my life and my views mm -hmm. changed, um, in, okay. in certain ways and my, um, the way I handled situations changed. Um, okay. So as, as you grew older, things changed. Right. What, what do you elaborate on that? A okay. Bit so, um, my biological mother was very abusive. So by the time mm -hmm. I was 12 or 13, she left. Well, she went to go stay with that family. Like she stayed with them. Um, and mm -hmm. I didn't spend a whole lot of time. Actually, I found my solace in the streets. I found my, my, my dad was working a lot. My biological mother was abusive. Um, mm -hmm. So I found my, my, my peace or my, my, um, my, my safety more so mm -hmm. in the streets than I did mm -hmm. at home. Um, as well, um, there were two, two men that were very strong in my life. Um, and one, one was, one is my spiritual father, um, who's a church of God in Christ, uh, superintendent right now. Um, he, uh, he actually saved me sometimes from her, from, from, from what was going on with her. And then, um, okay. but then, um, but then also in my, in my neighborhood, um, there was a guy that everybody called dad and we loved him like a dad. Um, and he also saved me from, from, from being home with her. And so mm -hmm. I really got connected more in the streets, um, and um, by the time I was a little, you know, by the time I was probably about 13, 14, I was really connected more to the streets than I was to the church. And okay. um, as much as I loved the church and I loved the people there and I was I, I was fully respected um, the elders of the church and um, and and people at the church. Um, I think that for me, um, these people were closer. It was easier. Um, and they were doing things that I wanted to be a part of. And the, the people in the street. Yeah, right. Yeah. And they yeah, and, and, yeah, and they yeah. and they greatly became family. And I still talk with many of them now. Okay. Okay. Now, um, fast forward. Um, what were your first thoughts when we have, you know, well, if I'm sure with your um, exposure to the black community that you've had um, that probably was not the only time that you have witnessed 
um, racial slurs or derogatory no. <laughs> names or anything? No, it's it's really yeah. interesting because um, I, those the, those same boys and their friends. Um, once I went to go see my biological mother, and those same boys and their friends jumped me um, for being an N-word lover. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is Buffalo, New York, but Buffalo was kind of yes. Buffalo was kind of segregated, and so um, it it doesn't seem to be as much now, but it was when I was growing up. Um, and so they were they lived in South Buffalo, and and I went I took the metro bus over there to see my to see my uh, to see my um, my my biological mother, um, and. It, it kept me not wanting to go over there. But on the other hand, let me say this. When I first went into a new neighborhood um, in, 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 on the east side where I grew up, I would hear things like, hey, who let the narc in? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then also like, yeah. and, and I'd hear things like, uh, at one time uh, a police officer pulled, pulled me uh, and pulled us over. We were on the street. They stopped mm-hmm. and we were all there and he started digging in my pockets talking about, um, <laughs> he said, where's your ghetto pass? Where's your ghetto pass, boy? Where's your ghetto pass? And I was like, wow. wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that definitely is a wow moment. Yeah, now, I mean, now I look at it and I can laugh, but at that point, I was getting really heated. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was, it, so So those were moments that I can say, yeah, I I, 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 I had the, the, the racial situations going on. Um, mm-hmm. Another time, um, and some, some of it wasn't meaningful or I'm not meaningful, meaning to be like some of it was not uh, a, a definite uh, thing against me. OK, it was just, for instance, um, I hung out with uh, I, I, I hung out with some five percenters um, and they're, uh, they're a, a nation of gods and earth. They're connect. They're, they're a spinoff of, of the nation of Islam. Um, and, mm-hmm. and was, many of my friends started following their, their teachings. And mm-hmm. so, um, I went with them, um, one time to what they called a cipher. It's kind of like a Bible study, <laughs> um, in a sense, but I went to it, I went to it and I had to sit outside because outside on the steps because I was white and white people can't be in the cipher because according to the beliefs, white people are devils black men are gods and so and this is this is according to the nation of islam well it's according to what's called five percenters it's not the nation of islam they are a i I guess a a shoot or a spinoff what are you going to call it of of the nation of islam okay Okay. um started by a guy named clarence x anyways okay so Mm -hmm. um so um even though these these guys were my friends i still could not go into their cipher if mm-hmm, that makes mm-hmm. sense. Okay. It was just, yeah. it, it's just, so I don't, I don't know that I, I once asked one of them, Hey, if I, if I'm a, if I'm a devil, why do you hang out with me? And he said, man, you was, right. he said, man, you was just born in the wrong skin. And I was like, okay, that no, is what, okay. whatever. <laughs> right. But it was, it was all right. Interesting. Yeah, it was interesting statement. <laughs> so you have experienced uh, racism as well as a white male, you've experienced it from from a black race, or it was more probably um, more religious. 
Yeah, it, I think mm -hmm. a lot of it was more. We don't. Uh, and, and this this is where this is where race relations matters is is because it most of the time it was when I was first met. Okay, now other than that scenario itself, most of the time it was when it, what was when I was first met by somebody. Okay. Okay. Um, it was more of a of a uh, of of a of a prejudice from the get go. Mm -hmm, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, I understand that. Yeah. Okay. Um, for uh, the, I think the the issue for me um, is that growing up in in the in in an all uh, predominantly or mostly black community, um, the the trouble is I never saw any white people come into the community with relationship. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. and when we talk about race relations, um, mm -hmm. that's the problem in it in it of itself. There is no relations. Mm -hmm. uh, there, there's there's an issue there when there's when 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 we have a us and them mentality. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? There's a there's an issue when there's a mentality of um, when, even when you just say hey black folk. Black folks and white folks, you know, um, there, there, there's, there's no opportunity to embrace the relationship, embrace the, the diversity of culture. There's no opportunity to, to, to really connect. Even, even with a lot of the talks now, it's still not promoting actual relationships, like building in-depth actual relationships. And yeah, I, which is yeah, that's that's where definitely we have to start. Right. In order to make a change. Absolutely. So listen, Phil, I'm gonna take a brief break here. Okay. Um, and we're gonna come back and continue our conversations on um your perspective. Um you know, based on how you were raised and, and where you grew up and, and race relations. All right. So we will be right back. All right, we are back. Thank you so much for uh, that brief pause. We're gonna jump right back in talking with today, Phil Paris and Phil is giving us his, um, his role in changing I guess we can say changing lives of the people that you're around, um, race relations, um, your perspective based on your experiences and how you grew up. So thanks so much again, Phil, for being here. Well, thank you again. Yes, absolutely. So let's continue where we left off. You were talking about how race relations, basically race relations can't happen without a relationship. Right. And I, I think that's that's something that um that we need to uh we need to look at. Um especially again, like I said, um growing up in the black community, um it, in 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 my particular and I'm not gonna say every area was like this, but in my area, um we had uh black businesses that um that black business owners that that were struggling to make it um we had we had boarded up buildings we had um just a lot of uh 
a lot of tension, a lot of stuff. Uh, you know, of course, there was gang violence, of course. And, and but 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 what it is, in, in my opinion, um, is that people never came in to see how how things could be helped through relationship in the sense of, OK, um, you uh, you say uh, you want to you want to help. So why don't so, so then you bring a bunch of food to my neighborhood. OK, and, and hand it out. Well, that's mm-hmm. not really helping. That's that's mm-hmm. giving me that's giving my neighbors and, and, and people in my neighborhood a meal for a day. It's a handout mm-hmm. when really people needed and still need a hand up, need an opportunity mm-hmm. to 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 uh, expand their businesses, to to renovate businesses, to um, and 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 I think in some ways when um, when when some some white people saw this, they started thinking, hey, we can go in and and build up the 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 community well then that became gentrification mm-hmm. okay and i don't know if their if their yeah. idea i don't know if their idea was hey we can build up the community or if their idea was hey let's make some money off of cheap off, off of cheap properties i'm not sure right, right, um right. i can't i can't right. call it i don't i can't t- i can't say the motives of their hearts but 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 then what happened is it started it started making black business black business owners shut down it started uh it started having more more white people moving in when what should have been happening is they should have said, Hey, how can I help your business? How can, how, mm-hmm. and not, not how can we help your business by taking it over, but how can we help your business by investing into you or investing right. into right. investing into uh, young, young black men and women to be leaders in their communities, investing into these, these schools that I, I, I remember I'd play on the, Play, play in the backyard of a school that that uh, I mean they had broken down uh, uh, basketball uh, hoops and things of that nature. Um, let alone the school itself struggling to 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 keep teachers, to have good teachers, to have good programs um, and and academics for the students from the community. Mm-hmm. And 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 I know that. Um, from from my understanding, um, I'm not a political science major or anything, but from my understanding, it is property taxes that pay for um, the education in certain in areas. But let's be real: if we're going to help, help, right? right? Help help to build right. up. Um, don't take over. Build up, because really. Um, friends of mine, people I know in the black community. Um, Apologies for racism is great. Uh, that's great, but be a person of action. So I voting. Right. Well, is, it's a start. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, it, it is a start. But yeah. But but the but the yeah. re, but the reality is it, it is a start. But the reality is is, yeah. is 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 when you know there's been apologies going on for years. Right. Yes. For and years absolutely. And, years. and that's exactly that's exactly where I was going with that. So, yeah, absolutely. It's a great start, but we can't stop there. Right. Because, you know, that's all that's been happening, basically, right. in our history in the past. That's and right. Look where we are today. And I think the problem yeah. is, is that people aren't willing to come in, build relationships 
within the black mm-hmm. community, not just not just saying, hey, the, the black, you know, this is the black community. I'm going to be friends with somebody because let's be real. That's a form of racism in itself. Um, but I'm talking. <laughs> <laughs> well, stop there. Stop. <laughs> tell me why you tell me why you say that. Well, I know why I think you say that, but well, tell the listeners why you say. OK, because 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 there's two part. There's two sides of racism. There's the one where where uh, where you say, uh, you, of course, I hate all black folks. That's a, that's one. OK, one side of racism. Then the other side of racism mm-hmm. is is uh, I have one black friend. Or I have a couple black friends, so I can't be racist. Well, in, in a way, yeah, you, yeah, you, you are because you placate a lot. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I really love black music. I really love what, whatever, whatever it is that you say. Right. Um, if you keep putting black in front of it or, or and I guess it works in other areas too if you say hey I got Phil's my friend and he's white I mean maybe um, but but you get where I'm at like if you have to, yeah. if you feel the need to put that there when you have true relationship it doesn't it doesn't have to be there right it, it's not there that, right you're right you know and and That's absolutely and if right. we if, if people are and, and if I build an authentic relationship with you and I see your business is struggling, I'm going to do whatever it takes to help because we have a good working relationship as as not, not just as, not just as uh, 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 me being white and you being black or me trying to be friends Mm -hmm. with you because we're supposed to be, but because now I can understand you and I know the direction that you want to go. I want to see you succeed. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that type of mentality is only going to stem from a relationship. You only those individuals that you care about, you want to see them successful. That's right. Right? That's right. And so I yeah, you're absolutely right. Let me ask you this, Phil. So what what do, would you say about the role that the church should be playing in these talks? I mean, we've had some discussions. I've heard some on, you know, Christian radio right. and and one of the young people that I had on a podcast a few weeks ago, I liked the way he said it. He said that we need to stop talking so much and, and this needs to be a movement. And if we look at it from that perspective, a movement, which means that you're moving in a direction, hopefully right. moving forward, but there's some, there's some action items as some action being done. Right. So what would you say um, the church can do to, as I said at the top of the hour, take, take their rightful place in leading the country right. um, in race relations? Well, I think, I think, I think that's, that's, that's the, the very first thing that, that just what you said, leading. We have to take a leadership um, in making um not only making our words clear but making our actions clear that we want relationship um i know i know churches right now that are doing um services and ministries with uh with with different uh uh, races to kind of bring everybody together um and and Mm -hmm. ministering to communities and i think that's great Mm -hmm. i think um i think uh well for instance um Churches that have a lot of business owners in them should also be promoting uh, promoting black businesses. 
if it's a white mm-hmm. church and if it's a black church, promote the white businesses. I mean, you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or, and, and that's the other yes. thing. I mean, I, and that's the other thing that, that really gets me. I think, you know, one thing that we got to say is, is, is stop saying black church, white church. Um, because because that's, <laughs> that's a big thing for me. Because here's the problem. In 1906, we had the opportunity um, to see leaders from 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 various races, but mostly African American or Black and 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 white um, leaders that work together mm-hmm. to see one of the greatest revivals this country has ever seen. Mm-hmm. And the number the number one person was uh was uh was William J. Seymour, who was mm-hmm. the main uh, leader of this revival. And they work together. But, of course, when man gets their hands in things, quite often, we let our society dictate who we are. And that's another another aspect (laughs) is is that we have to be careful with allowing society to dictate how we act and how we talk and how we respond. But to allow the spirit of God to dictate how we act, how we respond. And there's this verse that says this. It says, let each of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification. That's in Romans chapter 15, verse 2. Okay. Our, okay. our whole job is to edify each other. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, do, do good to all men, but especially those of the household of faith. That comes out mm-hmm. of Hebrews, right? So mm-hmm. we have mm-hmm. to we have to look at what is it going to be that edifies my. Um, let's let's look at it. Um, I'm, I'm ordained in the assemblies of God, but how can I edify those in the Church of God in Christ? Right? Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. can I be a part mm-hmm. of of what they're doing, and how can I be a part of 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 helping edify their ministry? Um, mm-hmm. uh, promoting, you know, how do I promote them? How do I bring them in and allow them an opportunity to to do uh, their ministry? How do I how do I assist them where they're at in doing ministry? And how do I allow them to assist me? Because I want to build a strong bond with those I I, I minister with. Because Absolutely. we are all we are all the family of Christ. Um, yes, I think I think love matters um, more than anything else. Um, and I was I I, I, I ha- there's a resource um, from a guy named uh, David Dukeson. He just wrote this mm-hmm. book, um, Liberliness. All right, and I haven't had a chance to read it yet because it just came out, but it's called Neighborliness. And I want to okay. and I want to read this um, read this one one quote from there. It says, yeah, sure. it says, uh, I have learned that if I long to honor the call to loving my neighbor as myself, I need to get no I need to get to know more people that got that are created in the image of God that don't look like me or come from the same economic upbringing as me. And mm-hmm. I think that's one thing. A lot of times we get caught up in, in, in just being around people who are like us. Yes. Okay. And and that's, that's and that's that's a that's a slant we have. 
that's a so true. That's, that's a natural inflection of our lives. It, absolutely. I was going to say that's absolutely natural. You right. you are around those that you have similarities with. Right. Those who, you know, they're you understand each other. Right. Those are the types of people that we generally will um, want to be around. But it definitely does take work and it, right. it's with all intention, intentionality that we have to step outside of our comfort zones. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And I think that's, yeah. and I think that's important because that is how you build relationship. Mm-hmm. And listen, I, I, you know, we talk about race relations. Well, there's gotta be relations first. Right. There's gotta be, there's well, gotta be yeah. the ability to build relationship. Let me tell you, uh, John Lewis is probably one of my heroes. Um, mm-hmm. he just is. And, and one of the reasons is because he would, he, he, he was always going, um, considering both sides of the aisle. Mm-hmm. He was, he, he, I mean, he was, he, uh, I, I, I just heard, uh, uh, Tim Scott, who's a Republican out of, out of South Carolina, talk about him and how he said, how he said, uh, I said he he brought me in his office and he didn't talk to me as if I was a Republican. Um, he talked mm-hmm. to me about you know not allowing politics to make me bitter, right? Um, but but John Lewis was very adamant that if we're going to move forward, we need to move forward courageously, with faith and through relationship. And mm-hmm. and I really think um, that is that that should be the goal of all of us. Um, yes. it's, 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 it's so, um, disturbing that we allow politics to divide us. We allow, mm-hmm. uh, uh, race to divide us. Yes. We allow, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we allow, uh, uh, status and socioeconomic, mm-hmm. uh, situations mm-hmm. to divide us. And we're the mm-hmm. church. Yes. Why would I want to align myself with these thoughts when, when the whole point of being the church is, is, is to worship God, to love God, to obey God, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let me ask you this. This is what I usually end every podcast with, okay. with all of my guests. Um, what is it one thing that you'd like to encourage the listeners with? I, I would, I guess my, my encouragement would be is find a friend. Okay. Find, find somebody who you don't know, who is not connected with you in any way, as far as personally and find a connection. Okay. The only way that we, we build relationships is to step out of, like you said, our comfort zone. The only way mm-hmm. that we build relationships is to say, hey, I would really like to know more. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, and I'm, I've been working on it with my neighbor a little bit here and there, me and my wife. Um, they're, mm-hmm. they're from down south. And me and my wife are both from the north. I'm 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 definitely a New Yorker. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. and even after living in the south for uh, almost 19, no, 18 years, 17 years, something like that. I still mm-hmm. I still have not caught on to the accent. Mm. 
or the way of life <laughs> half the time. <clears throat> um, but 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 what I but but we we have been making slow moves at trying to connect in some way, shape, or form to our neighbors, mm -hmm. um, even though at this point um, it doesn't seem they like us very much. But the goal okay. the goal is to build some kind of connection, not because um, not because I, I need the connection um, personally, but because I want to show the love of Christ through the connection. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, it makes and, perfect sense. And I want to be able to 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 reflect Christ in how I interact with them. And, and, and I think that's the same thing we need to look when we're looking at race relations. We need to stop putting putting labels in front of the word Christian. You know, stop putting labels in front of the word believer. Simply say, hey, mm -hmm. I'm a believer who wants a relationship mm -hmm. with another person, believer or non-believer. I just want to build the right. relationship. Right. I agree with that wholeheartedly. I do. Well, great. You know, it was great talking with you. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so you much too. for coming on Tea Time with Melissa. Yes, um, ma'am. Like thank I said, you. I want to definitely use this platform to not just be an emotional um, broadcaster or an emotional interviewer. So when something happens, oh, that's the next big thing to jump on. But we're going to continue these conversations and I'm going to continue to reach out to individuals who I don't know and who may have a different perspective. I want to always be one to look through a different lens to give me a different perspective. So I appreciate you reaching out and, and giving us your perspective tonight on Tea Time with Melissa. Thank you for allowing me the opportunity. You are very welcome. And this podcast will be um, published um, on Anchor. And you will be able to listen to this podcast on many of the um, podcast platforms, Google, Spotify, Anchor, of course, Anchor. Um, and so we'll have this out uh, very quickly. But thank you so much. I appreciate you. Listeners, I appreciate you. 